Hello and welcome to Reaching the Summit on Business Radio X. That was a little tribute to Eddie Van Halen. Uh, may he rest in peace, one of the greater guitar players ever to play in a rock and roll band. I think we all have a soft spot for him. Uh, we are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio at the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. I am Don Conklin, and along with Teresa Conklin, every month on Reaching the Summit, you will meet successful business leaders who have climbed the mountain and reached the summit in their profession. We will talk to them about their journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons and insights they have learned along the way. Reaching the Summit is presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more elevated look with your business signage. Visit PinnacleCustomSigns.com. Today, our guests are Brian and Natalie Thompson from Marco's Pizza and Lita Brooks from Status Home Design. Welcome, guys. We're glad to have you with us today to talk about your businesses. Thank you. So I'll turn over to Teresa. Good morning. 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 Lita, could you tell us a little bit about your business, Status Home Design? Sure. That's one of four. Okay. So we we have a lot to cover, right? Right. Status Home Design is my retail store. Okay. So it's a 12,000 square foot home decor furniture store over in Decula. Mm -hmm. And if you're traveling 85, it is exit 120. So we are at the Hamilton Mill exit up off of 85. And it's got a different business model, which I like to call a fun business model. So I've got 70 individual vendors that rent space in my store. Okay. Along with, I have a full seamstress uh, upholstery workshop in the back of the store. We also build custom furniture and I have a full service interior design firm inside the store. So the concept of the store is one-stop shop. There's nothing that you could possibly need from your home that we can't provide. Okay. Sounds like a very interesting business model. Yeah. All under one roof. All under one roof. Yes. It's, It's a lot of fun. So the vendors... Almost, you would see it as antique more style, you know, antique mall style, but more upscale. Um, Nowadays, actually, antiques don't sell very well. Uh, Everybody wants them repainted. And so we do, we have a full classroom inside the store where we teach DIY classes. So if you have these antiques or just something that might be dated or you're changing your colors, we sell the paint and we will actually, uh, you could take a class from our instructor uh, specific to repainting it all. Oh my goodness! Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, they are fun. We, we just finished our basement, so I'm I've been looking for how do we decorate it, and I'm still struggling with that. And it's about ready to be finished product. Sure, sure. So. I, yeah, I'm gonna get my hands on it. Well, I'm I gonna th- come over. I thought like dogs playing poker would be good over the bar. I think that would work. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. So, so when did you start the business, Lena? A status home design started in 2005. And what I meant by we have multiple. So status design studio is my interior design firm. And that's really where this was born. So I started status design studio in 2008. Uh, This is now 2020. So I am 20 years as an interior designer. So I got my degree in interior design. I started 20 years ago. I worked 10 years down on the coast of Florida building the big houses that you see when you drive up A1A came back in 2008 to Georgia. I am from Gwinnett County. I went to Brookwood High School and graduated from the University of Georgia. And uh, and so, stat- again, it all started with Status Design Studio. Mm-hmm. And what it's really interesting because as an interior designer, when I go on an install, for example, if I come to your basement, the day that we're going to have the big reveal and it's, oh, I'm going to make it fabulous, uh, it's called install day. I'm going to bring twice as much merchandise to that install than I'm actually going to need because I don't 
100%. I know the big furniture right. pieces, right, we're going to scale out the big stuff. But all the little stuff, the lamps, I may not know until I get there what I want to put. Well, sometimes when you buy that merchandise, especially when you buy it wholesale, you can't return it. Mm-hmm. So I opened a booth at a small place and loved it. And I opened that booth to start selling my surplus merchandise. And that's really where the concept for the store was born. because. Okay. It came out of my design firm. It came from having a surplus. I loved the work. I loved staging my booth. I loved picking. I loved seeing what the sales were each month. And I wanted to do it on a larger scale. So I took that business model and I formed Status Home Design. And we just celebrated our five-year anniversary. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful. Good. Brian and um, Natalie, could you tell me a little bit about your journey to Marco's? Sure. Um, so we actually, um, just a little bit of my background, um, I went to, I worked for Target for 17 years before um, really deciding to make a change. So I ran Target stores, um, so I was in retail management for a long time, um, you know, worked all the crazy hours and all that stuff. So um, when Brian and I got married back in 2015, um, shortly thereafter, we decided we probably need to start looking at something different um, if we were going to um, have a family or whatever we were going to do to um, change those hours. And so, you know, we really looked at how let's invest in ourselves. So um, actually in 2018 um, was when decided to make the career change and we started looking at different franchises and what we could get involved with. And we started um, talking to friends that had owned some pizza franchises and we looked into all the big for pizza franchises and what we could do. Um, And then we really started diving into Marco's Pizza. And the great thing about Marco's is um, we had always been customers of Marco's and we were like, we really like their pizza. Um, And as we got more and more involved with it, it was so cool to see um, the fresh ingredients and what they do that's different. So um, really we're sold with their, um, their Um, fresh products and quality ingredients so we make our dough fresh in the store every day our founder Pat Giamarco um, founded Marco's in 1978 he's a true Italian that came over um, and opened his first store in Ohio and we still use his his sauce recipe our cheese is fresh and never frozen we cut all of our vegetables fresh in the store every day so when it comes to a quick service pizza company um, we really stand out above the others so um, just have a great product that really sold us on it and then as we were getting diving into it finding out more about information about it um, it has a great people first culture so the information that they shared with us about how our business um, could be successful was just what really what drew us to it so so we we signed our papers in uh, January of 2019 um, to open our first Marcos, um, and then we opened October 3rd last year over on Cruise Road, and it's been a really exciting year. We just had our one year anniversary on uh, Saturday with for Marcos, and it was um, it was a, it was a tough year. Um, obviously, through the coronavirus, we had a lot of different challenges to face, being new business owners and learning through that, um, but. I have to say we have learned a lot and it's been very rewarding and rewarding to own our own business and we're really excited to continue to grow so so one year one year you survived <laughs> i met natalie and brian walking into the semester today and i said listen you'd hear me ask you about your first two years of business you've only got one and i said you know the first two years of your owning your own business is two years of hell <laughs> yeah. mike's heard this before right and so the first thing natalie looked at me she goes one year down great (laughs) you're the first person to have a positive reaction to him saying that 
you know, and, and it's uh, it's a challenge. I know it's a challenge. You know, we we opened our business nine years ago. It seems like yesterday sometimes. No, we just had the ninth anniversary. So I tell people, we're, I don't, nine years sounds so odd. So I say we're in our tenth year. So mm-hmm. it makes it sound better, right? So, but you know, you think about it, and we had the same thing. We were, I was sick of corporate America. Teresa was sick of corporate America. It was like, okay, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Um, our kids had all left the house. We have four boys. They had all grown. So we looked around, and it's like nothing really said anything to us, right? It's like we there was nothing out there that's like, yeah, I want to do that. And we're not extremely inventive people. So we're listening. We, we had a business concept. We can go on Shark Tank or something like that and get money, right? So someone said, what about signs? And I'm like, signs? Whoever thought about signs, right? And all of a sudden, I start looking around, and there's signs everywhere, right? It's like... Mm-hmm. And so Teresa's like, why would you get into science? And we, she was commuting from downtown Atlanta. I'd pick her up at um, at Discovery Place and drive her to Hamilton Mill. And every the entire trip, car would drive by us with a wrap or with graphics. And I said, there's a sign. Or a big old truck. There's a sign. And she's like, okay. And so, you know, just like, you know, pizza and food or design, it's one, like, it's one of those businesses that people really need. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard to, to convince them that they really need it. And if you're in a business and a business person, you really know that you need signage, especially if you have your own place. I mean, mm-hmm. probably you probably had your sign up over there before you opened your doors, would be my guess. Yeah, before we built out a lot of it, the signs were up. <laughs> well, that, you've got to let people know that you're coming. Yep, absolutely. And then build that anticipation. Absolutely. So, Lita, what was your biggest challenge opening up the physical location when you did that five years ago? Well, it had to do with my business model in the vendors. So I have all this square footage. And when someone is going to come and want to be a part of your store, well, it's a, it's a blank canvas. You ha- I had to sell them on the dream of the store. I had to sell a vendor and say, why, why would you want to pay rent to be here and be a vendor inside status when it's a blank canvas? There's nothing on the wall. Right now, even two years in, three or five years, they come in and see the store and I'm actually on a waiting list of vendors to get inside my store. You have to be approved. You can't just be a vendor at status if you want to be. You have to send me your concept. You have to send me what items you want to sell. I don't let my vendors compete with each other. Um, If I have uh, one or two doing jewelry, we do just a little bit of that. We do a lot of gifts too. Again, it is one stop stop, truly. Uh, so we just make sure we don't have too many others doing the exact same thing. Now, we have the majority do furniture and home decor, and that's what I try to keep it. But that's many different styles. Right. Um, and one dresser is never going to look like the next, especially if you paint it. So that I, I don't really regulate. But I just make sure everything is current style. We don't want anything that's dated. So the biggest challenge, now my original business model, I thought I was going to do consignment. I was going to be, we're, we're going to, do some consignment well here's what i found out real quickly people consign because it's dated okay so my store looked like it was from about 1998 now i have a big store beautiful i'm an interior designer i'm trying to sell my vision to all these vendors and yet i'm taking on everything that was burgundy and gold and so i had to rework a constantly reworking the model and so then i started being a lot choosier with the consignment that i was bringing in and that helped, right? Bringing in mm-hmm. more upscale pieces. This is sort of a sad statement, but my best consigners are either moving or getting divorced because it means it's not dated. It just means it's not going to fit. And so it, I get much more current merchandise. But even then, 
Um, I added, uh, so I originally started with 7,500 square feet. Very quickly, I added 5,000 more because the store next to me, uh, which wasn't mine, it was a sporting goods store, went out of business. I grabbed theirs and I cut a hole. So now I have 12,500. That was going to be my consignment showroom. And I ended up doing the, again, constantly evolving, constantly changing the business model and, and making it where I needed to be. Dropped consignment. I realized I was spending about 40 to 50 hours a week only on consignment, which is the lowest money maker out of my business yeah, model. Okay. So the most amount of time, the least amount of money, I had to scrap it. I gave that extra 5,000 feet to the vendors. And I added more vendors. And it brought the look of the store up in a big way. Um, you know, the revenue was there. It's that many more vendors. I added 20 vendors, that many more vendors, putting it on social media, and it worked. So it, it's constantly evolving. Gotcha. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Pandemic. 2020 is a great year, right? You know, <laughs> we're going to unplug it and plug it back in and see if it resets itself. But, mm. you know, when I think of the pandemic and, and what's been happening since the beginning of March, for the most part, and I think of Marco's today, you guys must be making money hand over fist because people are always ordering in now. <laughs> so, t but tell us the reality of what happened to you during the pandemic. Absolutely. So, um, actually, the first couple weeks, we saw a, a drop. Um, with our with our um, revenue and sales and um, I think because everybody was just really really nervous um, and then Marcos had a great um, reaction to it um, and we were we had to constantly evolve as you say throughout the pandemic we've been making changes weekly on it so um, at first it was about how do we make sure the health and safety of our guests and our team members are number one so we focused on cleaning guidelines and sanitation um, so we would sanitize and clean, or and we still are every hour, um, high touch areas, computers, doorknobs, door handles, restrooms. Um, um, we're focusing on carry out and um, delivery. So being the main focus and, um, you know, had the dining room closed, but um, still allowing for that carry out and delivery. We've even had, um, and then we evolved and had curbside. Um, so we would take the the stuff out to the car either put it in a back seat if the guest maybe popped open their trunk put their pizzas in the trunk for them um, just to really limit that experience um, the guest doesn't even have to call us or anything there's now a, a button on their app that they can say that they've arrived and we can take their stuff out to them what car they're in so that's been really um, helpful we also implemented um, mask wearing for all of our teams so our teams wear masks every day they also do a health check every day so they acknowledge that they are required to wear a mask for their entire shift, that they're going to wash their hands every, at least every 30 minutes um, or anytime they're changing tasks. They also um, do a temperature check every day and make sure that they don't have any symptoms of the coronavirus. So that's the number one thing. Um, we've been very fortunate that none of our team members have gotten um, or have gotten the virus and um, and that we continue to remain healthy and able to serve the community because that's the most important. I think during those uncertain times, you know, just for us to be able to be there and offer a safe product for the guest has been huge. You know, our our pizzas are cooked in a 500 degree oven. So anything you're going to get from us is going to be safe. So, um, so our response and Marco's response to it has been, you know, evolving, but I think it's been really good. And honestly, I feel like a lot of it's going to change and stay even after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the curbside is great. It's convenient if you have children. 
um, just to stay in your car and we bring it out to you. Yeah. And um, it's just that little added extra. Um, also our delivery, we've had contact list delivery that we've added. So if you have a chair out on your front porch, we can leave your pizzas there. It's whatever, you, whatever you'd like to do, you know, we, we are able to accommodate and our teams have been great to accommodate that um, as well. And they've um, been quick for the new training and be able to um, make that happen for the guests in a safe way. So, um, so yes. So since then, um, we have seen a, a dramatic increase. Getting back to your <laughs> original question, um, you know, I think pizza is everybody's comfort food, and that's kind of where everybody fell <laughs> during it. So, um, and it, and it was great because a lot of new people tried us too, and we continue to see the guests come back. And so, you know, that's our number one is. Um, obviously our guest service and how do we take care of them and our teams and um we've been really um pleased with our performance through that and um been happy for the business did coronavirus affect your business lita yes it did and very positive way and very negative way and the long and short of it is i got it i had corona uh oh, back wow. in right at the beginning of the shutdown so we closed the store on Friday, March 20th, and Monday, March 23rd, I was being tested for corona. Wow. So um, I just woke up, you know, with all the symptoms uh, on that Monday morning. So honestly, I was really grateful for the shutdown because I yeah. needed to, having it, right? I was now in quarantine. Yeah. And it took about five weeks for me to be 100%. Now, I wasn't down and out for five weeks, and I won't go into the whole corona right. thing. But, um, you know, there was uh, about two weeks that I wasn't moving much and a solid week that I was in bed. So for me to have the store completely shut down was necessary. Uh, but I do have a phenomenal staff, a phenomenal manager. We were doing a lot of virtual where we would take mm -hmm. videos every day of booths. Um, curbside pickup was huge. So then uh, around mid, no, it was probably late April, I have a seamstress, a pollster, and she came to me and said, I want to sell masks. And I thought, no, 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 no. I am not in the mask selling business. I, I don't want to do that. I want it, people are giving away masks, right? Yeah, they were at the beginning. Right. Well, they were giving them to first responders. Mm -hmm. They weren't necessary. So now that the, we're getting ready to open back up mid-May, and we realized, you know, there's a need for all of us to sell masks or to have masks. So I thought, all right, I'm just going to try it. So I did a little video, put it out on social media. It was absolutely crazy with the need. I was shipping masks all over the United States. I was on the phone one day for almost 10 hours just taking calls, ordering wow. masks. We couldn't, she couldn't sew fast enough. She brought in an entire team. She was sewing till three, four, five in the morning. One morning I was coming for a curbside pickup at 8.30 and she was just leaving, having sewn all night. Oh, wow. And so anyway, so that saved us truly because at that point it was time to get some revenue going. I was back in the saddle, right, trying mm -hmm. to, and we started, we started selling masks and it got us through. And then once we opened the doors, people want to shop. I mean, my third quarter numbers were better than last year's fourth quarter. I mean, it, it has been, I can't nice. imagine to see what this holiday season is going to be. It's people are shopping and in a big way. We're not traveling right now. Right. Sports are just getting started. So what did everybody do in the they last They stayed home months? and looked at their house and right. said, I need to they change did that. All, I need to right. change that. The paint, we can't keep paint in stock. I mean, this is a really good problem to have if you're in retail right now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so Teresa, how do you think it affected us? Um, it didn't really. We we never really shut down. Uh, we gave our team a week off 
uh, more for mental health because everybody was just kind of freaking out with the uh, the unknown. Um, but we pretty much kept going. Business slowed down for us, uh, but we tried to keep everything as normal as we possibly could. So. Yeah, normal is kind of an interesting word. We actually do a lot of business nationally. So inevitably the areas that were shut down big time, like the Northeast, like I had signs sitting in a warehouse, still have signs sitting in a warehouse in New Jersey because the governments aren't open to issue permits and the mm. people aren't opening up to install signage. So you have that going. But then on the other hand, you know, we're making, you see all the, you know, the COVID signs all over the place, right? I mean, we're making a lot of the COVID signs that, we never would have thought about making previously so there's kind of a double-edged sword to it but at the end of the day there's you know it's all about the people and getting the people through it your our employees through it right because their fear of the unknown and what's going to happen with their business because they hear the news and they hear these businesses are shutting down these small businesses are going out of business what percentage of small businesses are going out of business kind of you know having that strong front to them and like Teresa said we said it was a week before Easter. We said, go home. We're going to pay you. Don't worry about it. You get full pay for this week, but just go recharge your batteries because all of the misinformation and back and forth in, in March about this shutdown, that shutdown, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And everybody's like, and every morning we'd, they'd come in and say, did you hear this or did you hear that? It's like, listen, just, just go home. Yeah, I think uh, it was a blessing in disguise. Well, I wanted to say specific to that, I felt like it was really difficult having a retail business because there were no specific guidelines. Right. And I, the stress on me, it was unbelievable. And I really feel like that attributed to me getting it. And I can't say, I'm immune suppressed right. anyway, so I'm sure that's why I got it. But I mean, when you are broken down from stress, he gave uh, Governor, uh, we're here taping in Georgia, so our governor is Governor Kemp. I felt like he gave much better instructions for restaurants. I mm -hmm. felt like you guys right. had a much an itemized list. Do this, do that. Retail didn't. It was a complete guessing game. We didn't know if we could open. We didn't know if we should close. It was awful. Trying we struggled to make these the decisions. same way. We struggled the same way because at some point in time we were like, well, are we essential or are we not essential? Right. Because there was no real clear cut definition of what essential was. So the two of us are arguing He's saying we're essential, we should open. I'm like, oh, maybe we shouldn't because I don't know what's going on. So it was very, very stressful at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. Are, we are essential. I know. Just so you know. I know. Now we, we are. are. Essential. Now we are. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I, mean, I think signage is essential. Yes. I think food is essential, yeah. too. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was a no-brainer. We were definitely essential, and so it was a lot easier for us. And, um, you know, my main focus was to be there with the team every day. Um, I think leadership was a huge thing during the pandemic. So um, being there for my customers and for our um, our team was really important. So I was like, I'm just going to be here every day, even if I'm walking around with the sanitizer bottle and sanitizing and cleaning. So um, and that helped with the reassurance that yeah, I think so. we're all going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your core DNA. So, you know, you have a business. So what are, what kind of values drive you? And not just the Marco values, but the Brian and Natalie values that yeah. drive your business. Because you are your business, you mm -hmm. know, whether you're a franchise or whether you open up your own business. So it's your DNA and your vision and, and how you drive it that the employees see and will or will not work for. So tell us a little bit about that. That's actually funny because um, I feel like anytime I interview either new management or new team members, they always ask me this question. Um, so, so then you're prepared. I'm prepared for this one. <laughs> so my two um, is um, teamwork and guest service. So um, 
our guests are everything to us and if they're not happy with something um, we have to make it right for them so even if they put an order in online wrong and they put a regular crust and they wanted a thin crust it's our job to get them that thin crust that they really wanted on that pizza you know and um, just really get them that product that they want um, because you don't want anybody to be disappointed especially when you're eating pizza like <laughs> pizza's a fun night for it's a happy food it's a happy food you know it brings your family together it's fun and so we so we always want to make it right so I want anybody on my team to be empowered to do that and to uh, be able to apologize to the guests and let's fix it for them and and give them that great service up front um, I love it when I read the guest comments that they're so satisfied with my team and that they have never experienced this at a pizza place and how friendly everybody is and that we can you know have a good time and remember them by their names um so that's been super important for us and for our community um and then the second thing is teamwork so um i've built a team that will do any job in the store so even though we have different positions that everybody does we have drivers the only thing is our you know our teenagers can't drive um that's the only thing that they can't do but um it's not saying this is your job you know it's everybody jumping in and helping out to help the store run better everybody in my store can answer a telephone everybody can do dishes everybody can sweep the floor and that's the main thing I say to anybody even as the owner I'll go in and clean the bathrooms or you know do whatever so I put that out so that's what I expect from from our team too and those are those are my core values and what's most important um, as a business owner and you know even looking a year in um, I feel like we've really been able to build that and that's the cultural um, foundation that we need to continue to be successful. What about you, Lita? Same question? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, I like to say my store has a pulse. And if you've been inside Status Home Design, you would know what that feels like. It's you're greeted when you walk in. My staff goes through extensive sales training. We get on the other side of the register. We are there to help you. When we take something from you to put at the register, what is your name? Um, are you just shopping? Good. Have fun. Relax. I mean, we engage our customers in a big way. And right now, 90% of our foot traffic, and I've told you how phenomenal you know we're doing right, right now, it is repeat customers. And they keep coming back and back. And there is a reason for that. We have built way more than just a store. We have built a community. If you are a vendor, you are part of the status family. You're never an employee, you're a team member. Um, right. And we use these terms interchangeably. And that's why there is a waiting list of people that want to be a part of what we have created. And it, it's not me. I am, you know, I may be the owner of the company, but I have a rock solid foundation of a team behind me from the design firm to we have online uh, an e-commerce store that we've built um, and, and all in every single way. But so everybody I think has the same vision and so everybody that's why has you're all the going same in the vision. same direction. Everybody has the same goal. We work interchangeably. A right. Again, it's it's to, to help the customers. I had one of my employees last night. I, she just, I just love being here. I love, it's so great. Thank you, thank you. I just, it's not work. Right. We go there and we absolutely enjoy what we're doing. And that comes across to our customers, truly. That's awesome. That's that's yeah. the community. And we do community events the first Saturday of every month. Um, and, and again, that's to bring the community in in every way that we can. What type of community events do you do? So it's coined Status Super Saturday. And COVID changed it a little bit because we used to do a full hors d'oeuvre table. We would have cocktails. Mm -hmm. 
everything was themed so the holidays are real easy to theme but we just this past saturday we did a tailgate so we had the weather was beautiful so we had it outside i can't pack the store right now because of the numbers the social distancing um i can have a lot because i've got twelve thousand square feet but that's all if it was raining we really would have been in a pinch but we took over the parking lot we always do we do a huge sidewalk sale uh, we had football games going. We had it all decorated in football themes. Everybody wore their jerseys or their team, um, gave away free beer. I mean, just just made a really fun event where people can come. They can relax. The guys can watch football. The ladies can shop. We had pumpkin decorating for the kids. And we do that the first Saturday of every month. Okay. And so the, the next two events are going to be holiday-themed, a holiday bazaar and a winter wonderland. Okay. So, again, they they – changed a little during mm-hmm. corona especially um during the summer because it was way too hot nobody wants to shop outside when it's 90 degrees you will walk right past anything we've put in the parking lot to get into the ac mm-hmm. so we really down you know downscaled everything mm-hmm. but now that the weather's turned we've uh, we're amping them back up again. that's fun yeah that's a yeah there are a lot you got to come to yeah. the next one i, I yeah. think i'm going put to put that on your calendar i will i Good. will can you tell me about the community and how that contributes to the success of your business yeah absolutely um so we love being involved in the community. I know when um, everything first happened with the pandemic you, and it was unsure of our first responders, we, um, Brian actually helped me deliver pizzas to all of our fire departments. Um, we have two different fire, we have Gwinnett um, Station 20 and um, Station 5 in our delivery area. So we dropped off fire or, um, pizzas for the guys on a Sunday night, um, just thanking them. Um, Cause it was still really unsure and, yeah. and continued, you know, to offer them different things throughout the year to be able to support them also um, we love being involved with our schools and being able to support our schools and as things are changing with how they can fundraise really looking at how we can support them and continue to help them with fundraising efforts even though maybe they can't have their fall festivals or different um, things like that but continue to help with that Um, so it's really important to get out there and um, support our businesses that have been and our Mm -hmm. um, our first responders are schools that have been able to support us over the last year yeah so you know you you both have successful businesses so i mean the question i would have is someone comes to you and says hey thinking about opening up business what are the three things you're going to tell them? what are the three pieces of advice that you're going to give them and maybe it's lessons learned from you guys too so mm-hmm. what are clear, the three things you'll tell clear them? your schedule <laughs> <laughs> uh, always be hiring is number one um we are not in i brian always say we're not in the pizza business we're in the people business we're in the hr business and we happen to sell pizzas yeah (laughs) so um always be hiring um and it's number one for me so um even if you think you're staffed you're not keep keep going um be involved you're gonna have to be involved to really know the ins and outs of the business Mm -hmm. um and that also puts you in a great spot because now nobody can tell me something I don't know. I've, I've been right. there. I've ran the day-to-day. I, I know how. I, I know it, you know. So, and I know what it takes to run that business intimately. Um, and then a third one. You got any thoughts? Those are my two. <laughs> two big ones. 
Well, I can, you know, I can tell from just by talking with you that the third one I would say for you guys is stay positive, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Stay positive, right? Yeah, so. You know, what, what did uh, Henry Ford once said, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Things positive. That's absolutely. Yeah, so, absolutely. You got to look yeah. at the, uh, you know, you got to look at it from that way because um, every day you got to wake up and keep going. Yeah. And for you, Lita, because I know you've been in business really for 20 years uh, privately and then doing this. I mean, I'm sure the same the same kind of leadership skills that and lessons that you've learned, you know, and you probably advise a lot of people that come into your place as they're starting to open up their consignments and stuff like that. Yes, I have been approached to do a lot of consulting now uh, from a business standpoint, which has been really interesting um, to take that role on, you know. Oh, I've just learned so much. I feel like, you know, the five years of just having the store has been a 20-year education. You just, you learn and you make decisions. And so for me, it's really, truly trusting myself, trusting my gut. Um, I mentioned before that I have a solid team, and I have to have that. I have so many ventures, and I've really taken on this kind of entrepreneurial aspect with the interior design firm. Now I have an e-commerce store. I have a podcast and a blog where I'm really stepping out in the forefront a little bit different because I've always really been behind my store and that Mm -hmm. was the forefront and the store. So that's four status ventures that I have going right now. And um, clear your schedule, that's a huge one. I tried to take a day off yesterday. I declared it because I worked all weekend. We had this event. I worked all day Sunday, Monday, late. I mean, I worked till, you know, seven, eight o'clock every night. And I, I declared it to everyone. And I felt like I had to justify it, right? I got to take a day off. Well, I took a day off from one business, but I had to shoot a live last night for the e-commerce oh. store. So it's not truly ever a day off. It's yeah. maybe a few hours here and there to run the errands. But, right. Um, so that's a, that's a biggie. You know, just be prepared if you're going to open your own business to jump in with two feet. And you got to give it everything or it's not going to be successful. Um, so the time constraint, but hiring the right people. Uh, I've been really fortunate. I've had very, very low turnover in the five years that I've had the store. I've got employees that have been with me for five years, three years, um, and that just, you know, that is the community that we've built. So it's always great when you've got a great team behind you. Yeah, yeah. So now I have a manager for the interior design firm, a store manager, uh, and a manager for the e-commerce site. So that mm-hmm. allows me to kind of sit at the top, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I meant that in an entrepreneurial way, that they can really run the day-to-day, and I can Well, it gives really you the oversee. opportunity to work on your business and say, right. what's the next step? Where are we going from here, as opposed to being down in the weeds? So a little snippet, we are... I, I don't know who we, the team, I guess I always say we, um, <laughs> I am trying to open our second location. Oh. So oh, I am wonderful. having a ton of meetings and business development and branching out. And so, yes, having the managers, having everything really successful and, and running like clockwork. Um, it's time for the next one. Yeah. 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 And what about you, Teresa? What do you mean? What about nine me? years? What would you advise people to do? Well, yeah, we're always hiring. I'm getting tired of hiring. <laughs> um, for me, it's I like to say I like to lead by example. I like being at the office. I like working with our team, seeing what they're doing, trying to learn about what they're doing. Because when we started this industry, we had no concept of even what a sign really was or how they were made. So we've learned a whole lot there. Um, and I had another one. And what did I? Oh, and it's to not be afraid of making mistakes because we've done plenty of those as well. Uh, and have had to learn to okay so we've made this mistake what do we not do the next time the same situation arises 
how do we put a process in place to prevent that kind of stuff from happening? So those are probably the two biggest ones I've got. And you? Well, you know, the first thing, and I think Lita hit it right on the head, is being a visionary. What's your business look like? You know, we sat down and put together, and this is funny, I, I, we, we put together a five-year plan, right? Numbers, the whole nine yards, five-year plan. And I went to my, um, my financial planner, because I was gonna invest a lot of money in this, and, and Teresa says, you know, if you can convince Dave that it's the right thing to do, then we can do it, right? So I had all my plans put together, and he looked at me and goes, you're ahead of 75% of people opening up a small business. I said, why? He goes, some people have a ba- something on the back of a napkin as to what they're gonna do, right? And that's it, they don't, don't know what profits are, what losses are, how you're gonna be able to make cash flow, and I know you guys do, because you have a good model, and I know you probably do as well. But it's amazing to me, people who don't have, like, we said we're gonna be a million dollar business in four years. Mm-hmm. And everything we did was towards the goal, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a forward-looking goal. We have an interesting relationship, Teresa and I. I'm the guy who thinks crap up, and she's the stuff person that tries to implement the crap I think up. Right? Or say no. <laughs> and it's, it really it really works out. I'm, I'm the high-level person. She's a detail person because I hate detail. And and so it works. it's worked out well in, you know, 40 years of our relationship, the four kids we've raised, the whole nine yards. It's like... It just we just fit together that way, and so we didn't realize when we started this business together we'd be together 24/7, right? <laughs> and it still worked out the same way. We, you know, we don't get in each other's way most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. It's when our two boys that are in the business um, start getting into fights with the two of us. That's when it gets to be a little bit interesting. Around uh, when we interview people, we say, "Have you ever worked for a family business before?" <laughs> and they say. Well, yeah, I said, no, no, have you really ever worked for a family business mm-hmm. before, an Italian family, family business? business. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, I, the other thing I would tell you, and this is very contrary to what the business books would say, we hire fast and fire fast. You know, you always hear... No, you're supposed to hire, hire slow. We hire fast we and fire fast. And the reason, and, and the reason is this. It's all about culture for us. Signs is not a difficult business, okay? There, are, there is some expertise in some areas of the signage, but for the most part, you're trying to hire someone from a cultural fit. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not good enough in an interview to find out if someone has the cultural fit. Because they're interviewing for a job, they're gonna tell you whatever you wanna hear. You wanna hear. And I'll say, hey, our five core values are having fun being part of a team, being positive, be driven, you know, um, pay attention to detail, and uh, make sure you have um, great customer satisfa- uh, great, great customer service. service. And no one's gonna sit there and say, I uh, know I don't have that one, right? They're all gonna, oh yeah, yeah. And then I drop the line that Teresa always loves to hear. I said, if I hire you and you don't have one of these, the whole team's gonna know it and you'll be ejected like a virus. And it, it seriously invariably happens. If someone comes on, we put them on a three month probation, they leave within three months, we'll sit around the table after they leave and I'd ask the team, I said, so why do you think Don's not with us anymore? He didn't have that attention to detail or, you know, wasn't driven to be the best. And they all know because they all have the values. And so much, I'm not hiring for Don and Teresa and Pinnacle Custom Signs. I'm hiring to have a cog in the, in the, in the employee machine that they can fit and work with. Because it's, it's not about whether they can, you know, cut a straight line or print a sign or install a sign. It's how they do that. So cultural fit to me is just so important and that's why you know employees are if they're not going to fit in it's you cannot change someone's culture 
you guys agree with that? You can't change someone's DNA if they come into your organization. If they're not driven. You can't make them driven. No, I agree. It's a, hmm, it's a tough call because I've had some... Oh, I'm going to categorize them, the millennials. Mm-mm-mm, right? Yeah, we know. Are, and, you know, they're difficult, but you can mold them. You mm-hmm. can you can sit with them. They're going to get older. You can, you know, you can teach them the way they want. And then I've had some employees that um, they didn't have the energy. And I'm very high energy, and, and that's really what I look for. And if they work at a much slower pace, and uh, that's really difficult. So... Yes, yeah. I ag- I agree. <laughs> oh, but I, you know you hate to well, say that. Yeah, about no, the and that's and that's what our driven is, right? It's like if someone is you know slow and steady wins the race, and slow and steady wins the race, and can't get out of first gear, they're not going to fit with the fast paced environment that we've driven. And people, our 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 other employers are going to look at this person and say, he's doing half the work that we're doing. It's like you, yeah, if you're a high energy, and you guys are, I'm sh- I sure are high energy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's going to be the same things. They're going to stick out like a sore thumb. They really do all the time. They really do. So. Yeah, everything everything's timed with us. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, got to go. Um, but, yeah, I agree. But, on, you know, sometimes I really like the first jobs, um, especially because we have a great group of um, teenagers in high school that work for us. And, um, and actually, they're our longest employees. They've been with us for a year. We've got several of them. Um, and it's it's been great to see them grow um, through their first job in employment um, and really be able to give them some of those cultural beliefs and show them, um, hey, this is how you how you work in a in a right in an industry or in a, in a job and actually give them some life skills too which is which has been helpful too kind of so like watching a baby grow up it is it is because it's like you know if they have conflicts with their schedule or whatever okay you have to have a conversation with your manager you know and so helping them grow you know because they're on the phones and everything all the time now it's like all right let's teach you some life skills how do you have this conversation? Let's <laughs> how to speak to people on a telephone. Let's, let's how to talk on a telephone. Like now I role play during a lot of the interviews because um, they, they, all they do is text, you know? So it's how do we, let's help Yeah, I never thought this. of it yeah. that way. They've, yeah. they've lost that human interaction with right. other people. They can so only you know, type on their phone. Yeah. So it's, they, they got to talk to people on the phone and they freeze up. So it's been really cool to see them grow and um, and be able to do that. And I, I feel like we're, we're helping, you know, and um, that's, been, that's been really neat to see. That that is fun. We we enjoy that too. We brought a lot of people who've never been in the sign business before, and they are loving what they're doing mm-hmm. now. And it's it is interesting to see the whole team gel together and grow together and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess one last question. So Lita, in five years, where are you and where is your business? If you have that vision, where do you see yourself in five years? Twenty twenty five. It's going to be big. I can tell it's going to be big. We'll probably have multiple locations. Um, I myself, with the blog and the podcast and and sort of a lot of the different things that I've been asked to do here in Atlanta, um, I'm really stepping out into that influencer sort of Mm -hmm. status. And so I anticipate that that's going to take off in a a big way, too. I'm, I have three podcasts today, and none of which are my own. So I've been on, <laughs> That's uh, awesome. which is huge, yeah. And so just just a, a lot happening. So I just see forward growth. I see Status having its 10-year anniversary. I see the new store being opened. 
Um, I'm, I'm really trying to create, honestly, a city center. We're trying to go into a city that needs uh, some wow factor and, and really create a big status with the classrooms and bring on a cafe and, and partner with a restaurant. And well, so well there's, that sounds so exciting. There's a really big vision there. So I, five years is, is going to be it's going to be amazing. Status is going to be big. You're going to be a busy lady. I am now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, it, I, but I love it. I, I don't sit still. I have a really hard time relaxing. I'm very much a visionary. I've had to learn how to handle a lot of the detailed stuff mm -hmm. because it is just me. Mm -hmm. So that those little details can't fall by the wayside. Oh, so I would agree with that. But, but I have my team. I've mentioned them many times in this conversation and when you have those managers they are picking up you know all those right. details also in a big way so mm -hmm. it, it's not just me um but in some regards it is yeah and for the thompsons and and marcos what do you guys see yourselves five years from now well, I guess we, we have an announcement, too. <laughs> um, we have signed for our second location. Good so, for you. Yeah, so we are looking for, um, we're still looking for commercial real estate for our second location. We thought it'd be easy, but it's not right now during the pandemic. So <laughs> so we are, we have signed for our second Marcos location, so, um, which is, which is great. So we want to continue to see ourselves grow and um, probably in five years having three to four of them and being able to to operate those and continue to serve communities that we're in so it's really exciting well that is exciting but here's the one question I, i've got for all of y'all now that you're going to have two locations mm -hmm. or multiple locations is it going to worry you that you're not going to be able to have hands on and eyes on the other location i know you probably visit yeah but it's just not the same of especially from my standpoint walking yeah. outside the office and seeing what's going on right on <laughs> <laughs> I want to operate at a higher level, so um, being able to look at um, overall things and um, analyze the business from a higher level perspective, and right now only having one location, my husband, will, I get too in the weeds with what's happening on the minute to minute, hour by right. hour in this one location, um, but I do have a great team that I can trust, um, but it just, you're you only have the one so <laughs> you get so in the weeds with that it's your baby it's, it's, it's your the baby. baby it is the baby yeah so it, it is it is our kid and um so i think having the two we can operate at a higher level really look at it from a business aspect um and how do we help those managers in the locations grow to be able to identify those things that i see at the higher level right. which is really where i want to be um in my past you know really developing leaders has been huge for me and that's what I want to continue to do with Marcos is be able to develop my leader so that they can do more and maybe even be business owners themselves that they have that desire to do. Yeah, well, that's great. Do you see the same challenges, Lita? No, I, I really <laughs> don't. I'm going to answer that a little different. And because I did uh, take the leap of faith and hired a store manager, so status, you know, it probably takes the most of my time, the, the retail status. Right. Um, the e-commerce is in great hands and not that the store is not but there's a lot more moving parts right because that's the foot traffic that's customers and vendors everybody's got to be happy um, but to be able to do the podcast and create status life with Lita the blog kind of podcast platform and the e-commerce I had to take a step back from the store so I feel like I can answer it a little different because I've okay. already taken that, that leap step. of faith and put somebody in place to run and handle the store 
uh, and it's been very successful. So these other ventures are happening with a phenomenal team. So that's the advice. You will get someone who you trust implicitly. They will run the ins and outs and you will go work on that second location and then the third. And I can absolutely see you doing it. Yeah. So awesome. congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and we have the same thing. We are going to retire in three years. Teresa says no, but we're going to retire in three years. So the question is, how do you build the infrastructure to be able to have the business run without you being there? So our, our plan in 2020, which would got totally annihilated, annihilated <laughs> was we take extra weeks of vacation every year and see, the, and see if the business is still running when we get back. Uh, we did that once, and the business caught on fire. Um, but it was okay. It actually, seriously, the business it really caught, caught on, fire. on fire. It really oh, did. Literally, oh, literally caught literally on did. fire. Yeah, we're sitting at we're uh, we're taking a nap oh. on a cruise ship, and the phone rings in the cabin. Because I have my two sons are uh, are going to run the business, and they're doing a good job now. But the phone rings, and it's my 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 daughter-in-law it says, "Well, Matt's probably not going to call you about this. He doesn't want to bother you on vacation. But I thought you might want to know that you're." building caught on fire and you know fire truck and everything fire truck and everything oh, my but you know what it was it was probably not a bad thing because by the time we got back 10 days later Teresa was like we're getting on a plane next next the next it was day. it was a week later yeah well it was about a week later she goes we're gonna get on a plane I said no no we're just gonna let it go they had got the remediation done they had hired the contractor they had ins- done the insurance claim they had gotten everything that done that we would have done if we were there the only thing we really had to do when we get back is fight with the insurance company about how much they were going to pay us for it, right? So, but it's one of those things that uh, the longer we take away and the more authority they get, they're no, they don't, lo- they no longer see themselves as our sons, but as leaders in the business. Mm-hmm. So, and that's gratifying as mom and dad to see, but it's also gratifying to see what we've built can run by itself without mom and dad having to be there all the time. So, but. So as we wrap this up, so uh, from uh, from Marco's standpoint, anybody wants to learn more about you, get in touch with you, what's the contact? Absolutely, from yeah. Um, you can reach out to me at um, my email, N, N as in Natalie, Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, at marcospizza.net. I'd be happy to share with anybody or come visit us at our store, 2771 Cruise Road um, in Lawrenceville, and we'd be happy to serve you. I'd love to have a pizza with you. Come on by. <laughs> And Lita, from your standpoint? We have a website, so all the different ventures I've talked about, it's all built into one site. It is www.statushomedesign.com. Of course, we have the retail store. We are open seven days a week, 10 to 6, uh, Monday through Saturday, and 12 to 6 on Sunday. Uh, so definitely come shop. If you you know listen to the podcast, please tell me when you come to the store, hey, I listened to the show, right. and, and I'm here. We love that feedback, so thank you. Uh, you can there's uh, if you go to that website there are contact us um, it goes straight to my inbox mm-hmm. I respond to every uh, request or um, message that I get I also have uh, Facebook Instagram all the different social media handles I have status home design I have status life with Lita and I have the status market so you can basically put status into Google and you will find us Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. We'd like to thank you guys both uh, for coming today. We've enjoyed the conversation. And thank you for joining us on Reaching the Summit, presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more prominent look with your business signage. To see how we can help your business reach the summit, visit us on our website at PinnacleCustomSigns.com or on any of our social media channels. 
Remember that you can also enjoy any of our episodes at any time by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Reaching the Summit. Additionally, you can also find us on your favorite podcast apps such as Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast applications. Until next time, for Pinnacle Custom Signs, I'm Teresa Conklin. And with Don Conklin, you've been listening to Reaching the Summit on Business Radio X. Hope you have a great day.